Let's turn to James chapter 2, 14 through 26. Nick just read it for us, and as we're looking at James part 4 tonight, faith without works is dead. So, kind of looking at what that means. This passage, um, unfortunately, has a lot of debate around it, um, um, because Paul says that we, we are not saved by our works, and then James says, you know, faith without works is dead. So a lot of times it is, uh, people think they are actually in contrast when they're not. Uh, they would absolutely agree that salvation comes through grace alone. Both of them are saying something similar, but just saying it different. And we're going to kind of look at that tonight as well. And we, will gonna, we are going to throw in a verse that Paul uses um, in here in just one second. So we want to look at a couple of things is faith without works is dead. This is a continuation of what James has already kind of talked about. We talked about already being hearers and doers of the word. So hearers would be the faith category and doers would be the what? Works category. So he's continuing this and he's showing what we should be looking like. What should your faith have results as. See, one of the things that we deal with as Christians is we know a lot of people who say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. But all it is to them is words. There's no action to it, no, no proof, no proof in the pudding. There's nothing there that shows, okay, what does it mean to be a Christian? Is it just saying the name, I'm a Christian? Does that make someone a Christian? If so, I can say this is a couch. Is this a couch? But I just said it was a couch. So therefore, if I say it's a couch, should it become a couch? The same thing with the words. Just because I say I'm a Christian, does it make me a Christian? There is no magical prayer. Some people say, well, if you say these words... But if you do not believe in your heart, you are not saved. It is not just saying words in a prayer. It, is, it has to be a life-changing moment through the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit does change you, there is results in the change. So let's look at that tonight. How you, how, what, what does it mean to have faith without works? I mean, sorry, what... Faith without works is dead, so what does that mean is what I meant to ask. So works are the result of faith. Works are the result of faith. So that's going to be the next slide there. Works are the result of faith. So what we're going to do is, before we move on, I want us to read Ephesians 2.10. And I got it on your um, sheets, and it's also up here on the thing. Let's read it together. Let's start with the word for. For we are his created in Jesus for which God beforehand that we should what? Okay. So on here it says a couple of things. First, that we are workmanships of God. But then it says that we are created for Christ Jesus is what? Good works. So, 
they do not contrast. Paul and James believe the same thing, that works are the result of faith. Okay? And as I said, this is that continual theme. James sets this up with asking some questions here, and he's saying, what, what good? Because he's beginning an illustration to show them what it means to say that you have faith, but you don't have works. I will tell you guys, this is what is plaguing the American church today. We have a lot of people putting on the name of Christ, but doesn't have works. So what does that mean, works? What does that look like? And so before I get into the second part of this, I, w- I want to tell you what works look like. We're not just saying works in that sense. What we're saying is there's actions as a Christian. So what does that mean? One, that means to, James already said, to, uh, for us to care for those who cannot care for themselves. He said orphans and widows. The Bible points out the widows a lot. Points out the orphans a lot. Points out children to care for them. But also to point out those who are in need, the poor. What does that look like? The Bible gives us so many different scenarios of what that looks. Some of that is giving money. Some of that is giving time. Some of that is giving your talents and and the things that you have given. Well, it means to serve people. But it doesn't just mean to serve people um, just for, for your benefit. And see, that's kind of a new concept for us. Because back then, people just didn't serve people to serve people a lot of times. Okay? But in today's culture... That's become a big part of who we are. We, we like charities. We like doing good things for other people. We like that. But let's be honest, sometimes we do these things for the pat on the back. We do the things for, am I going to be noticed? Am I going to be thanked? I know I deal with that. I have to, you know, we have to put things in the right perspective. But one of the things that he continues is, is the illustration here. That he says, hey, here's a great illustration of what it means to have faith without works. You have faith, and I, uh, he says, what, uh, sorry, what good is it if your brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking daily food, and one says to him, go in peace and be warm and, and, and filled, without giving them anything that they need it for their body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, it does not have works, is dead. So in this illustration, we see something. All talk, go in peace, and be filled. Go in peace, be warm, be filled. So let's say this. Let's say if someone right now is hungry, and I let's pretend Megan here is hungry, and Megan comes and says, Ken, I'm hungry, and I go, go in peace and go eat something. Does that do anything? She's still hungry, and she doesn't have access to food, but I have access to food, but she doesn't have access to food, but I just say, go in peace. She's still walking away with something. That's what was kind of, this example is being used a lot of times, what we do is we use a lot of talk. 
And, and let me just tell you, Christians, we become good at that with very little action. If someone's going through a hard time, someone's hurting, how do you answer them? I will what? Pray for you. And how many of you actually pray for them? Don't raise your hand. I do not want to know. The point is, we'll use words. Are, I'll go and do world changers, but only if I'm on the crew that I want to be on. Only if I'm on Miss Barbara's crew. Only if I could be on a roof. Or, I'll go serve that. I hear that the newscast is going to be there, and I, I, I want to be on the news. Or, Kent, why, why, you know, if, if we do this, does this, will you do something for us? Or are we going to like go out and do something afterwards? We need to be able to just, when we serve, it cannot just be words. It can't just be all talk. We have to say things what we mean. James is going to later say, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And we need to understand, and as, we're, as we have words, and as we are, that we're not just all talk. And I hate to tell you, but the Christian church has become known as that. A lot of talk. But the next part, no action. And this one he's using here, please go back. This one here, it's without giving them the things they needed for the body. Without giving them things needed for the body. No action. When we talk a big game but do nothing with it, we're all taught no action. There's nothing to our words. Like tonight, the pizza was late. Well, let's say this, if I promised pizza but the pizza wasn't here. That might be okay for one night, but if I do it again, you're going to be like, what is going on? A lot of talk, no results. In our Christian walk, guys, we've got to make sure that as we do things, that what we say that we believe have result in action. So what does that look like? That does look like it's serving people. That does look at like forgiveness. That does look like um, reading the Bible without being bribed or having to be forced to read something. That does mean praying. That does mean talking. That does mean confessing our sin. That does mean to be held accountable. There is actions as Christians because when you take on the name of Christ, you have taken on the name little Christ to be like him. And when we want the title without the work, then we have to begin to question that person, are they really saved? Because here's the deal. We're, on, we're the only country that would actually put on that title without work because in other countries as Drew has been breaking this through uh, on the other side of this you have seen what it costs to put on that title of Christian Elizabeth read it tonight right I mean you heard what happens when they say I am a Christian in Kuwait they do not frankly just say that out of their mouth it's not just around here it's oh I'm a Christian Being a Christian means you're going to stand up with, to your friends. 
A lot of you, you say, well, you know what? If we got persecuted, I'd stand. You can't even tell your friends you believe in God. Some of you can't even look at your teammates in the eyes and let them know. You think you're going to confess that you believe with God with a sword next to your neck? We have to understand when we say we believe in God, what does that mean? There will be a change in our life and our actions. There can be no true faith that fails to produce work. When you look at someone's life and they claim that they are a believer and they are a follower of Jesus, their lives should have produced work. Because true faith produces work. Now understand... Not one time tonight have I said that works equals salvation. It does not. You cannot earn yourself to heaven. But works is a necessity result of salvation because when Christ comes into you, good works pours out. It is like when you go to the waterfall and you want, and that beautiful water is just um, coming down, it is so clear and so crisp, and you put a cup underneath it. You're not just going to get what comes in the cup, but everything around it comes out. Am I right? You ever try to catch water in a waterfall? I mean, it just pours everywhere. That is like when Christ comes in our life, we cannot contain it. It will result, and that results in that, and that good works. That is what I'm talking about. Having Christ in you is the spring of eternal life. And you're not going to hold it within. And it burst out. So we got to look at our life and our claim of faith when we sit here and we are just huddled up and we're happy of doing nothing. That is not someone who is bubbling with the everlasting life. The next part of this, second part, is faith and works are inseparable. Faith and works are inseparable. Critics, even within the church, it said, it James says, but if someone says, you have faith and I have works, he says, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well, but even the demons believe and shudder. You do not want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless. So here, here's what happens. There's going to be some people who says that faith and works are, uh, are separable. But James responds that faith can be shown only through the righteous deeds can only be through through the righteous works. And we see that they cannot be separated. They're together. It's faith, and then that produces these works that we see in our life. You cannot say, well, I, you have faith and I have works. You cannot say, well, I'm a hearer of God's word and I'm a doer of God's word. And that is what we see in churches today. Some have decided 
we're going to be all hearing, in other words, all faith, we're going to study, we're going to be a professor type church. This is all we're going to do. And this church over here says, man, it's all about helping, helping, helping others. But that's all we're going to do is help others and we'll sprinkle a little name of Christ every now and then. No. The two have to be together. It has to be, yes, the works and the faith. It has to be solid doctrine with righteous deeds. It can't be one without the other. And let me just tell you, we have a lot of churches that I'll tell you, man, they do a great job of solid doctrine. And I love to hear their preachers preach, and they're just solid. And there's some really good churches out there, and they, they have done a really good job of helping those in need and homeless and things. But look, that's good. But then when you go, they're no deeper of that. And some of them don't even know that they're a church. Some of the people that they help don't even know that they're part of a church. And some only know that they're a part of a church by name only. And some over here, they know the word so well and they've done, but all they are is dead because they have done nothing and their community thinks they're dead because they see no life. They cannot be separate. They have to be together. So if you claim to be a Christian, there has to be those works produced. Faith that saves are both Paul and James affirm embracing the truth of the gospel and acts accordingly. So James continues here and he begins to cite examples. He cites examples of Abraham and Rahab who both shown their deeds to be righteous. So let's look at these examples. The first one is Abraham and his act of obedience. So Abraham here, let's read his story. James uses it right here, and he says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? So here, here's, what we, uh, here's what we're going to talk about. So here's Abraham, and, and just a, a long story short, Abraham is chosen by God to be the father of, of a nation. And so Abraham and Sarah are both in their 70s. And he says, you're going to have a kid. They've never had a child. Sarah laughs. That's why the name Isaac means he laughs. Okay? And so I would be laughing too if I'm 70 and said, hey, by the way, you're going to have a kid. Never had a kid. Abraham has obedience. They go through a few years, several years actually, and they become impatient. They become impatient. Sarah offers her uh, maiden, Hagar, to him, and they have a son, but it is not Ish his name is Ishmael, and, but that is not the one that God promised. Finally, Abraham has Isaac. Now Isaac reaches about 12 years old. They're happy. It looks like everything's going to what God has planned. And, Isaac, and God says, Abraham, I now want you to take your only son, Isaac, and go sacrifice him. 
So they go up, and they're collecting the wood, and Isaac even says, hey, where's the, uh, where, where's the lamb? He, he begins to put two and two together, that there's nothing to sacrifice to God, and he says that the Lord will provide. He lays Isaac on the altar, he raises his knife to kill, and it says that the angel of the Lord took his hand and threw out the knife out of his hand, and he... And he provided a ram. He wanted to see the act of obedience of Abraham. Then the next example he uses is who? Rahab. Rahab has a very interesting story here. Rahab was, uh, Rahab is usually known as Rahab the harlot. She, she was a woman of the night. She sold her body. She, she did not have a great reputation, probably among the community. And she had heard, she was Canaanite, and she had heard, though, these stories of the Jews and their God. There's something that had sparked in her, and she took in these Jewish spies at the risk of her own life. And they come in, and they're looking for them, and she hides them. And then once the guards leave, she, let, she lets them down from the wall. And they said, look, if you'll put out this cord out your window, when we come, you will be saved. And your family, you will not be harmed. And she did exactly that. That family was rescued. But that's not the rest of the story. Hagar is accepted into the Jewish life. She marries, and she has a son whose name is Boaz. And Boaz is a righteous man that everybody loves. And then there comes this um, another woman from another country, a Moabite, who is very despised by the Jews. And Boaz meets Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, and they could not claim back their land because that was the rule back then without a kinsman redeemer. That is someone that comes in and cleanses all the debt away that that family owed, and then they can have that. So he comes in and he becomes the kinsman redeemer, and he marries Ruth. who him and Ruth will be the grandparents of King David. Who, as you know, came from the line of David is who? Jesus. From Rahab. Faith without works is dead. It is not simply saying, I believe what is happening here. So these were the examples he used, and they're beautiful examples that shows what God does. So in ending tonight, before I pray, my question is, are you all talk? No action? Are you just putting a title on your life? You don't know what it really means to live your life for Christ.
Drew and I are in the back, and we'd love to talk to you, and we'd love to talk to you about having, having an action-packed life for Christ. And let me just tell you, it will not be an easy life. It is not one that you need to ever think quickly. Some people have really given me a hard time over the years because as soon as someone comes, I don't tell them, let's go right now and let's just pray. I let them think about it and come back and people go, "That's no, you're missing the moment. If it's a moment, it's an emotional decision, a moment, and then the next day after a good night's sleep, you change your mind, then it really wasn't something that was really happening to begin with. Because once Christ comes in your life, and once you truly want to be a follower of Jesus, there is nothing that can separate you from being a child of God. I promise you that. And we have to be careful that we're just putting a title on something and not believing what we're saying. Let's pray together. Holy Father, we thank you for this day. And Father, we ask you right now that you'll take these words and you will just kind of put them on our heart and let us respond correctly to them. Father, we ask right now, Lord, that we will be hearers and doers of the word, that we will have faith with works, that works do not save us, but works are a result of faith. And Father, I pray tonight as we are singing and worshiping, Father, that it's not acts for us, that, Father, that people will come and they will pray, and, Father, that it will be real and genuine. Guide us and lead us in all that we do, and let you be glorified in everything that was said and done tonight. In your name, amen.